0: There are some things that are so much part of your thinking, of the way that you're brought up to understand the world, that you just can't see them. They're so ingrained and so accepted that to even be aware of them, let alone confront and correct them, takes a major intervention. Sometimes we're so blind that the only way our assumptions can be changed is if God smashes them with his hammer blows. This is a story of how God used four enormous and powerful hammer blows to smash through a wall in my thinking that was setting me in opposition to his will, and that, until he showed me, I hadn't even realised was there. My name's Simon Peter and I'm a follower of Jesus. These days I'm called an apostle, as before he returned to heaven, Jesus made me one of the leaders of his new church, a new church that he established in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, when, with power from heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit upon us, his followers, and we were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke of the glory of God in languages we'd never learned. And on that day, Jesus started to fulfil what he'd promised us before he returned to heaven. He told us to stay in Jerusalem until we received power when the Holy Spirit came upon us. And he promised that once that had happened, we would be his witnesses, firstly in Jerusalem, then to the surrounding areas of Judea and Samaria, and finally to the ends of the earth. Well, when the Holy Spirit came upon us and we started to praise God in different languages, people ran up to see what was happening. And I was the one who stood up and explained it to them. And God blessed my words, because on that day, another 3,000 people believed in Jesus and the church was born. Since then, as Jesus had said, we'd told pretty much everyone in Jerusalem about him, and much to my surprise we'd even seen Samaritans come to Jesus, and they weren't really proper Jews at all, but people from other nations who'd been exiled to Israel a long time ago and who didn't want to leave. But God in his mercy accepted even them, because he also allowed them to receive the Holy Spirit and join the church. So, I hear you ask, what was this problem that I needed four hammer blows from God to deal with? Well, let me give you a clue. Jesus was a Jew. We, his followers, the first disciples, including the 3,000 I mentioned earlier, were all Jews. The scriptures were given to the Jews. Even the Samaritans lived in Israel, and they did kind of worship God, albeit rather poorly. You got it yet? When Jesus told us that we'd be his witnesses in Jerusalem and to the ends of the earth, we simply assumed that, as God's chosen people, all these things God had done for us through Jesus were to be exclusively for Jews who were scattered all around the world. Our whole culture was set up to be exclusive to God, to keep away from anyone who wasn't a Jew. We call them Gentiles and to see them as rejected by God. I know that the Bible had talked about Gentiles being blessed at some point, but we just assumed that for the Gentiles to be blessed, they'd have to become Jews themselves. It simply didn't occur to us to think any differently. And if the thought had entered my mind that Gentiles could know God without becoming Jews, I would have thought myself a complete idiot, as would every other Jew. This view of the Gentiles was so deeply rooted in our culture, upbringing and heritage that only a mighty work of God, the hammer blows of God, could open my eyes to how wrong I was and change me. So what were these hammer blows? Well, for me, it all started when I was by the sea in Joppa and was sitting on the flat roof of the house I was staying in and started to feel hungry. While a meal was being prepared, the first hammer blow struck But I'll be honest, it wasn't obvious at first what was happening because while I was waiting, my mind wandered and I fell into a trance. And while in that trance, I had a vision from the Lord and to be frank, I had no idea what it meant. What I saw was something that looked like a large sheet being lowered down by its four corners from heaven, right in front of me. And when I looked inside, I saw all kinds of animals, birds and reptiles. There were the kind of creatures the Jewish law said it was okay to eat, together with the kind of creatures the Jewish law said it wasn't. Anyway, as I was looking at them, a voice spoke from heaven. Peter, it said, get up, kill and eat. I was staggered. The voice was telling me to eat things that weren't clean, things I'd spent my whole life avoiding in my attempt to please God. Almost without thinking, I replied, surely not, Lord. The whole of my life, I've never let anything unclean enter my mouth. Then the voice spoke a second time. Don't call anything unclean that God has made clean. Now, this happened three times. And as you may know, I have history with the Lord and things happening in threes. The three times I denied I knew him. And the three times he'd asked me if I loved him. So to me, three meant pay attention not only that but i'd found myself saying something i'd said in the past which had led to trouble because it proved i wasn't on god's wavelength i'd said surely not lord and i'd said that to jesus when he told me he was going to suffer and die and then he turned to me and said get behind me satan you don't have the things of god in mind and when jesus had wanted to wash my feet that night before he was crucified i'd said surely not lord And he'd said, if I don't wash you, Peter, then you have no part in me. So that had set alarm bells ringing in my head three times God had spoken, and I'd said, surely not. Something big was happening. I wasn't on God's wavelength. I had to adjust in some way and change my thinking. But as I said before, I had no idea what it was. That was hammer blow number one. The second hammer blow struck as I was trying to understand this strange vision because at that very moment three men came to the gate of the house I was staying in and called out asking if I was there. I wasn't really aware of them at first but then the Holy Spirit spoke again saying Peter three men are searching for you. I want you to get up and go with them without hesitation because I've sent them to you. So I went down and told them that I was the person they were looking for, but they weren't Jews. They were Gentiles. The people we Jews had been brought up to keep away from whenever we could because they were unclean in God's eyes. Well at least that's what we'd always believed. I knew then that the vision of that strange sheet and the meeting with these unclean Gentiles were somehow linked. God was speaking. It was just such a big change that I needed more. Thankfully, God had another two hammer blows ready to smash my thinking and get me on his wavelength and help me understand what he was saying and doing. The third hammer blow was an enormous one, something that only God could have done. i travelled with six other Jewish disciples from Joppa to the house of the man who'd sent the three messengers to find me, but this man, Cornelius, was a Roman centurion. He wasn't Jewish. Now, up until this point, the followers of Jesus had, as much as possible, lived like other Jews. And one of the biggest restrictions for all Jews was that no Jew should ever go into the house of a Gentile because that would make them unclean before God. Now, we travelled quite a long way to get to Cornelius's house, and as we travelled, I'd had time to think. And I was wondering if God was trying to tell me that somehow he even had a plan for the gentiles believe me this was a big change in my thinking so because of the vision and what the holy spirit had said to me when we got to cornelius's house rather than staying outside i went in to ask what it was all about and that's when the third hammer blow struck Because I found out that God had been preparing Cornelius and me, sending visions to us both to bring us together at exactly the right time. When I arrived, Cornelius at first fell down to worship me and I dragged him back up and assured him that I was just a man like him. Then, when I asked why he'd sent for me, he told me that an angel had told him to. That God had sent an angel to tell Cornelius to send for me at the house I was staying at in Joppa because I had a message for him by which he and his whole household would be saved and to show just how much he'd believe the angel. When I went into the house I found loads of people there that Cornelius had invited to come and hear this message I had for them. I was amazed at all that God was doing, sending Cornelius a vision days before he sent me a vision, so that the timing of his messengers arriving in Joppa would be absolutely perfect. This hammer blow confirmed that God was at work, no doubt about it. God had arranged this meeting, therefore something special was happening. As for the message, well, God hadn't given me a different message for these Gentiles. The only message I had to give was the same message I would given to my own people, the Jews. The message of the love of God through Christ Jesus, of Jesus' life, his death and resurrection, and of how we were witnesses of all that God had done, and that the prophets had told long ago that everyone who believes in Jesus will receive forgiveness of their sins through his name. Now, as I spoke these words, the final and greatest hammer blow of God struck with a resounding crash, Because as I told them that everyone who believes in Jesus will receive forgiveness of their sins, the most amazing thing happened. God showed that these Gentiles believed my message, that they believed in Jesus and that their sins were forgiven. How do I know this? Because the Holy Spirit fell upon the Gentiles in exactly the same way he fell upon us that first Pentecost. Suddenly, the Gentiles were praising God and extolling His wonders in languages they'd never learnt. We were totally blown away. The impossible had happened. Gentiles, the rejected ones, the outcasts, had received the Holy Spirit in exactly the same way as us, showing that they were accepted by God in exactly the same way we were – through believing in Jesus. As I saw this, I was struck by what Jesus had told us. He'd said, John baptised people with water, but you will baptise them with the Holy Spirit. Then I realised that I'd been shown those clean and unclean animals together in a sheet, and the Holy Spirit had told me not to call any of them unclean, because it was a picture of the church Jesus was building, a place where anyone can come and belong on equal terms simply by believing in Jesus, and that nothing else, nationality, colour or background mattered, only Jesus. So, seeing that God had now set aside the distinction between Jews and Gentiles by giving us both the same gift of the Holy Spirit, I realised that God was joining these Gentiles into his church with us. And that meant they needed to be baptised with water to show they belonged. So I turned to the six Jews who'd come with me and said, now that we've seen what God has done, how can we withhold water baptism from these people who've received the Holy Spirit in exactly the same way we have? And I ordered them to baptise these Gentile believers in the name of Jesus Christ. The hammer blows had fallen, shattering my prejudice and showing that God had no favourites and that everyone who believes in the name of Jesus, no matter who they are, where they're from or what their background, all receive forgiveness through his name and belong, on equal terms with everyone else, to the family of God.